1: underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network
0: of doctors and hospitals get more cool facts about united healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com
2: the TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by mcdelivery bringing you the food you love mcdelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door no matter the result you'll always be winning with mcdelivery so the only thing left to say is you in Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: In. there, Billy's The goal, Chris Billy, Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life.
0: This is the moment for Lee Fowler It is, take your place in Division 2 Huddersfield Town thank you Steve Simonson's boots now He's missed Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal And collapses in a heap of tears Huddersfield Town are promoted
4: has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town Legend. he Takes That Chance! Hello and welcome to episode 191 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. We're here after Ben Jackson snaffled an unlikely point for the Terriers at home to Southampton. A much needed but deserved point to match Rotherham to keep the bottom three... Three blues away for now. Town, though, couldn't keep the booze away as frustration over Daramore's style bubbles at the surface at a charged and mostly empty John Smith Stadium. Uh, The pods lower on numbers this week, too, but I'm happy to say that I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, the cosplayer himself, Mr. Richard Kosmala. And joining us as well is a man who recently turned Grinch to save Christmas for three lucky turkeys. It's Ian Kilroy-Silk. How are you doing, chaps?
1: All right, Matt. Uh I've got a admit, mate though, mate. A bit of my uh teenage years uh went today with the sad news of Terry Venables. Honestly, uh sad times, mate. I mean, it makes you feel old for one, but just you're Euro Night Six, I think, for <laughs> mate, it's as good as it'll get as an England fan for that. Just the full summer wasn't it. Well, just made you proud and what a character he was, mate. Smile on his face. I'm Hold me down if I'm wrong here, but I'm sure he kept to didn't he? We have palaced him, and we absolutely smashed him off the park. I could be wrong here. We oh. he beat him. They had a 4-0 oh, no, He won a 7-1. He won a 7-1 even. you will have to look up while I kind of talk about him. But, yeah, throwing your a curveball there. But, yeah, sad, in it, mate? What? Terry Venables, I think you were ahead of his time in there, weren't you? I think you've
4: you've done a nice segue there, Cosy, because one thing that Terry Venables was famous for, and Killer knows what I'm going to say now, because he's got it behind him. He's got his Christmas tree up, and Terry Venables was quite famous for that Christmas tree formation, wasn't he, pre-Euro 96, when he he was pretty much the first England manager to not play 4-4-2 since the 1966 World Cup, and he tried all sorts of different things. I remember when he was... um, was was suggesting that we could play club teams in friendlies rather than countries in the warm up you know in, in the warm ups for Euro ninety six. He was he was quite uh ahead of a lot of other he was ahead of Graham Taylor, wasn't he? And, and Graham Graham Taylor's a lovely bloke as well, very likable. But he was it was um a decent manager, Terry Venables, and he was likable as well, wasn't he? He was um, like you say, Cosy, town fans love characters, but England fans do as well, don't they? And um he was he was a good character, was Terry Venables. And uh, it was a shame that he was a a one-tournament man, wasn't he? But yeah, sad news today it was uh It was a good one, and I'm I'm just trying to Google your uh, your memories. It was cr- no, it won the
1: seven one That was Steve Cockle, mate. I'm just just trying to beat you to it. Yeah. Yeah, it was Crystal Palace manager uh, for, in '98,
4: yeah, '99. So um, we'll have to have a look at Uddersfield Town '98, '99. But Killer, how are you doing? I think the turkey thing needs explaining, doesn't it? I can't just drop that in there, can I? Just saying, you you save Christmas.
2: Just oh, explain what, what no is going to, on, mate. No one needs to open up with a, a vegan talking about <laughs> veganism, do they? So I'll, I'll, I'll pretty keep it pretty light because no one wants this. But nah, we rescued a few chickens a few months ago. And now we got from like a factory farm. We got six of them and we're down to three. And it's pretty hard to bring new chickens into an existing chicken flock because they get a bit fighty because they're pretty vicious chickens, surprisingly. Um, anyway, so we've gone for some turkeys instead and taken them away from a Christmas table. We got them from up... Um, up an actual turkey farm, but I just didn't realize how massive they are. They are huge things. It's like having three eagles walk around right the back garden, but they don't go to like a coop on a night, right? They just fall asleep on the floor and you have to carry them into the shed, but they are massive. And I'm uh, bitten off a bit more, a bit too much here. So I'll be looking after these for the next I 10 was, years I was and regretting my decision. I was serious, Man, mate. Found you know, it.
4: The, it was 4 0, wasn't it, Cosy? Marcus Stewart hat trick?
2: Marcus Stewart hat trick, mate. Yeah.
1: Our team, Steve Francis, Tom Cowan, Steve Jenkins, Kevin Gray, Rob Edwards, John Dyson, Grant Johnson, David Phillips, Stuart, Facey Allison, Grant Johnson, Subs Beresford Beach. I think Johnson was a sub. And let's have a look at theirs. Matt Janssen, Lee Bradbury. Any other names? Aiden Mullins, he would go. No, Andy Linnigan at the back. Yeah. yeah. Morrison on the bench. Safter Kirchich, remember him? Yeah, yeah. I, do, yeah. I remember Terry Venables there. We, we were brilliant that day, but. Yeah, Marcus yeah Stewart. Saturday, what a, what a player, Wacker Stuart.
4: Sad times. I know. Kella, I wasn't joking what when was I, I said man. though that turkeys are distant relations to velociraptors. So watch, watch out there. It's a, evolution might come back and, and get you. But let's let's move on. Let's evolve the podcast as well. and As always, this episode is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Uh, use our code of ahttc ten for ten percent off all online orders. Uh, and with Christmas coming up as well, I'm sure you could use that just to get your loved ones drunk over the festive period. Uh, you might need it if you support Huddersfield Town. Right, okay, so Huddersfield Town won, Southampton won. Let's get into this. I think everybody thought, apart from Brady Frost, everybody thought Southampton were going to turn up and and just wipe the floor with us, didn't they? Um, Let's talk first about the injuries and illness that kind of forced Darren Moore's hand. Um, Town, over the international break, played a few behind closed doors friendlies during the international break and seemed to have come away with more injured players than there was before the break started, which is slightly slightly discouraging uh, Danny Ward uh, apparently reported ill on Friday with flu and was sent home with antibiotics uh, Darren Moore said post-match that Ward would have started the game Kyle Hudlin missed through injury so in comes and Harrett a 5-4-1 system and the fans could not hide their frustration throughout that first half and it it really boiled over after 8 I think it was about 18 minutes when Towns uh, now 12 month long injury curse struck again and off goes Poor and Harrett with a with a hamstring injury. Um, our friend Doctor Bergzorg on the bench, and and then on comes Yutanakiyama, uh, a left back for a striker. And a section of the fans up by me just absolutely lost it. Um, the booze rang out. Chance of you don't know what you're doing aimed at Darren Moore. I mean, you can understand the frustration, can't you? because it is shit to watch. You know, when when you 11 men behind the ball, whoever you're playing, whether it's a, a team going for second in the league or a team second bottom, you know. It is, it, you know, you, you want to be entertained on a Saturday, and turning up watching your team put eleven men behind the ball—it's it, sort of soul destroyed, especially when you don't have any outlets and you can't get out. So to bring a left back on, I under, I kind of understood the frustration, but the chants were a little bit silly because players are, 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 are adaptable these days, aren't they, killer? You know, Bergsog wasn't fit enough to play. What would have been about eighty-eight minutes at that point as a striker? You know, you've got Karoma who. Could only play a certain period without, you know, affecting his hamstring. There was uh, Kasumu on, you know, walking a bit of a tightrope as well with, you know, playing with with a slight injury. Um, it was all—I don't know—it just—it just seemed a bit. It's—I don't think it was really. I think when you think about it a bit more, it's not so much that one decision, is it? At Darramore? it's just—it's just twelve months of this, isn't it? Really, with that kind of football, and I know, I know the. the people the it's spilling over a bit and aimed at Darren but it's just all a bit it's just a bit naff in it but you know the the substitutions like I say players are adaptable aren't they Karoma moved up front Nakayama moved to the left wing back and Jimaheem Headley can play on the wing and he, he moved to the right wing at one point which was a little bit different as well for him I mean the changes worked out okay but you can kind of understand the frustrations but also think it's a bit unnecessary at the same time don't you think?
2: Well, Berg's org's obviously not fit enough for the for the amount of time that were left. I think that was pretty clear because I do. I'd have expected him to come on if if he if they thought he could do the full game. But I just I understand the the frustration. I do understand it because it still feels to me, and the best way to describe it is like we're a we're a small club in League League Two going away to a Championship yeah. club in an FA Cup game, and we're just trying to hold on. And we're at home, and Southampton. Okay, you can say they're a bigger club being the Premier League for for so long. But they're equal to yesterday. They're equal. They're in our same division. And we're at Ormond. We're supposed to be the aggressor to come out of the first half there with an 81% possession. And now I can't... That must be, Matt. You're more statistical than everybody else. That must be the lowest home possession we've had in the championship. Surely. In a, in a full half. Because that's unbelievable um, to me to just surrender possession like we have done. The XG was so not, I understand not 0.03, for,
4: which I think was, was pretty bad as well. So...
2: So I understand the frustration because it doesn't feel like you're the home team, does it, when that's how you set up? And fans are already looking for they're kind of already ready to jump on his on, on Darren Moore's back and, and the newer ownership's back if if something goes wrong and being forced into that substitution, where realistically I don't think Darren Moore could have done much different at that point in the game yesterday. Um but I I can't I can't pretend I don't understand the frustration because I do. And if I'd have been there yesterday, I'd have been pretty open and vocal about it as well. I I thought the situation that we find ourselves in now, where we can't fill a bench, and eighteen minutes into a home game in November, we don't have a striker to bring on to replace uh, the only nine we've got left. It, it's it is it isn't a normal situation for a football club to find himself in this situation at this point of the season. I don't think.
4: No, you can you get it as well, don't you, Cosy? It's 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 a build up, isn't it? It's, it's successive failures. We keep saying this, don't we? It's a, it's a build up of successive failures from previous regimes, uh, and. The previous regime to the previous regime, even if you like to to Kevin Nagel. and the summer was uh, was disappointing in in terms of transfers. And I know they've said that they were under FFI restrictions, you know, financial fair play restrictions, but not not financial fair play, but more FFI rather than FFP. And I'm not going to go into that right now because we'll be here for half an hour. But you you, you get the frustration, don't you? Uh, but there's also a situation as well, Cosy, where I think you you have to kind of take stock of the situation Huddersfield Town are in. We've got we had something like forty-five percent players out injured the other week. I haven't done a, a tally this week. We're against Southampton. Okay, Killer said we're equals, and we are. But they've got twenty million pound players, and, and a great tweet from you yesterday was, you know, they've got a twenty million pound whatever Che Adams international on the bench, and we can't even fill ours, and it just shows the what we, what we've up against, wasn't it? Really, yesterday, and the, the situation at Huddersfield Town is just it's frustrating, and it's kind of our own making at the
1: same time, but. It's not entirely yeah. I, of the making I, of
4: the manager who's who's having to deal with the hand he's been given.
1: We spilled over a lot. What I didn't get is that Watford were absolute shite. Everyone were like, that was fantastic, and we did exactly the same there. It's like, this were totally legit in my eyes, where, you know, if we'd have gone toe-to-toe with them like we did with Leeds, we were 4-0 down after 36 minutes. Well, obviously, we were going to set up like that. And, you know, I, I just think people were like, oh, it should be or but he knows who's fit and who in. But I can't, you can't, I suppose, really have a go because he's absolutely freezing. It sounds like, obviously, I watched it on the TV, Matt, and to be fair, it looked quite full, but obviously you said it won't, although it's probably no. lowest the crowd that we've had for a while on a, on a Saturday. So kind of the people that have had enough and more weren't even there. And the people that were there, it was like, well, I've turned up there and, God, this is this is happening as well. But, yeah, frustrating. I mean, the the people on Saints, t- Saints TV or whatever it's called there, they were quite shocked to it because I think – I think, like, probably have a thinking. It's like, well, hang on a minute, mate. You play Southampton, who, you know, going to have all the ball. This is how it's going to pan out. And, you, you know, you might sneak something on the breaks so that were always going to happen with that. They were, says, wow, they can't believe it. And obviously, Russell Myers, always comments at the end. They were like, he was so mad because the crowd had gone. He said, the crowd had gone. They'd gone on the team. Yeah. So it was almost like Southampton. So we're kind of not up in the situation. But, like, it's, it's really hard to criticise people who paid them when they've got out in the cold. Yeah. And it's that, but I just look around and thinking that it was our embarrassment when that team were put out. It's just what's going on. And if you think why the game on to the end of us, we're going to discuss the rest of it. We've lost two more players. It's just like we might get war back if he's kind of ill. Unbelievable goalkeeper. No one saw that coming. out <laughs> you know that although he had a good game in Matt, so we'll probably talk about him later. But it just seems if it can go wrong, it is going wrong for Darren Moore. I find it really difficult to kind <clears> of <throat> tear into him because it's almost like that. You know, someone else could come in and do something totally radical and different than that as well. Which, again, we're it any much different under Warnock though. It's just like some people just seem to forget this. Like we were, you know, we were like twenty-two percent positioning games all the time there, and that as well. Yeah. But for some reason, when Moore goes that way, if Moore did it, if Moore Warnock could deliver that masterclass yesterday, bringing all them mad subs on down to the bare bones and snappled a one-one against a team that. Probably eight times our budget, it'd be like a legend, but more. No one gives him the credit. But uh, I'm not a big fan of him, Matt. But I thought it was a bit of an overreaction. But then again, it's hard to criticize people who've just used to losing football for pretty much yeah. five, six seasons on the pound. To answer
4: your point, uh, question, Killer, have we had a lower percentage? Yes, we have. And it was under Neil Warnock against Blackburn last season. I've just, I've just pulled it up. We had 19% possession in the entire game against Blackburn, but. I'll caveat that by saying we were winning quite earlier on and quite happy to sit back and let them have it. But you know, different it's different circumstances, isn't it, for, for different things. So yes, we, we will have done against Blackburn, but we were winning the game, so we were trying to see out. So there you go. But Cosby's right, there were there were a lot of I think the difference between the Daramore and Neil Warnock stuff is under Neil Warnock, there were moments where let's talk about the first half in particular. Huddersfield were penned in there's never we never seem to get out or be able to get out, and it just seems like the pressure just ki- constantly cranks up and increases and increases. Under Neil Warnock, there were there were certain trigger points whereby the pressure would be taken off. There'd be a direct ball into the corner, and a striker would chase it. We would win the ball higher up, and there were like little things where we were never completely penned in. Whereas under Fotheringham last year, this time last year, and. And a little bit under Darren Moore recently. We, we've been completely like the whole game. We were completely penned in for the majority of it without that out ball. And it, it just kind of feels like it's only a matter of time before it happens and they score and then they win the game. And it was only a matter of time in the first half until Southampton scored just before half time. I've got to be honest, I had my head in my foot. I was so bored. I had, I had my head in my foot. So I kind of half missed the, the build up to it. I just saw him put it in the net. But.
1: Matt, I thought it did us a favour key Keen coming off. I did. I yeah, just, he can't
4: play up front by I himself. He
1: bones, but I just don't think for me, he's an, he's an impact man off the bench. I just don't see kind of it's nice to see him get a chance, and he's only there probably because there's no one else. But I just don't, he's always coming back. It's almost like not, it's like having 10 men on and stuff like that as well. Yeah, and so I didn't yeah. have that much of a big issue with that. It was kind of knocking because I knew there'd be something kind of done differently, which was as well. But I think some people just see it a striker for a defender and Boo, That's which... What players are flexible and adaptable
4: these days. They can play a number of different positions, can't they? And yeah. for me, Karoma up front is a better option than, than Harrit because he and he can't, well, he can't he hold did. the... Yeah, yeah, he did. He and Harrett can't hold the ball up. It's it's just not what he's good at at this moment in time. He may be in 18 months, but at the moment, he lost pretty much every time, every challenge with a defender when the ball went forward. He pretty much lost every every time, but... You know, he's he's obviously not quite right because his hamstrings twanged, you know, after eighteen minutes. And you've got to sort of ask the question. And maybe we asked it a few weeks ago. You know, you've got this injury. Drinks. Heem Headley's gone off with what looks like a soft tissue injury as well. Um, Kasumu limped off, and Kasumu's just come back, obviously. And he was limping ten minutes before he went off, or he looked like he was limping. Or whether he's just got a really cool walk, I don't know. Um, but he's
1: good job. We've got another game midweek.
4: I know, um, and it, you just yeah. you just wonder if this is down to. Training intensity or just bad luck? I'm not. I'm not sure what it is because the Neil Warnock's coming for hammer, hasn't he? By uh, successive managers for players not being fit, hasn't he? Or and and so you just wonder if Darren come coming and going, these players aren't fit, and he's cranked it up, and all of a sudden soft tissue injuries are going. Or whether it's just bad luck because there's a lot of you know. I are going to say there's a lot of games in the championship, but we've just had two weeks, two weeks off, and ended up with more players injured. So you do start to wonder what's what's whats behind Man, this? Do you not
2: think it's do you not think it's do you not think it's a little bit to do with not having the ball because when you aren't in possession, you are defending a lot it's panic station football isn't it, and you're not dictating play, so your movements are very different when you don't have the ball because you're reacting to the other team, and we' were giving up so much possession all the time that's when you get your little tweets because you're overstretching to try and get a tackle in or. To try and intercept. And I, I think that's a really important thing to consider as well. Maybe. So it's not only the over overtraining, it's that when we don't we don't have the ball. And when you don't have the ball, that's when you have to work harder to get it back. And that's why Kassoon was getting little injuries there and Harrett with his with his press, although realistically weren't that much of a press yesterday in that first half. But I think that's a, another big, big factor. A big factor in it that's that a lot of people often miss. Yeah,
1: potentially. Trouble is though, Killer.
2: Our fans ain't gonna have it because
1: imagine if we play this start or so- you know, Yakiama passes it back to Pearson, and then he slides it to Lees, and then it goes to Edley, and then it goes back to Lee. Boo! Get on up, so They're just that—that's what it is. So, if we had a Russell Martin in charge of us, the be man. <laughs> I know some people fly back at me saying, "Oh, yeah," but they play in a rapscallion. But there's a slow build up as, as well. Yeah. But obviously, a bit more forward than us, but I just don't know. I just think it's where. I mean, Corbyn, though, to, even to a certain extent, was quite a bit of that. I get we were winning football, but I remember that Luton semi final place, and there were people proper getting on my pieces back. I remember when sliding it back to keep them when we were trying on to leave, and it's just like, I just, honestly, it's just really weird. It's psychological. I don't, it much feels like people, like there's a manager, forget I forget the Warnock thing, it's like someone else could come in and it would be better. And I just, I just can't see it. We were, who's out there in the injury crisis. And I get Darren Moore's not exactly like extravagant football, but I just don't see it. I just... Who is this man? It's Slack Moore now. It's breaking news on Sky. He's gone. Who then? Who? Who's, and all of a sudden, we're just going to start? I just can't see it. I cannot see it. Without players in, I just don't see any... Whether it's in, injured players going back on new signings, I think this is just how it is. Uh, but, but it's hard to Slack fans because it's... It's just years of frustration and underinvestment. It's just blowing up, and I wonder what Jake Edwards would think. It's like they've come here and given everything. Jesus Christ! I thought we'd come to a place that were, and it's like
4: position of strength. Mate. Yeah, position of strength.
1: Because obviously they did say, Matt, like you said to me, because we were talking about this during the week that you know this season's going to be a tough one. We're working it out. You know, Mars coming. We need to find out. Who we're bringing in and out. With obviously the window didn't go probably according to plan. So it's kind of bear with us, but. No, people are betting anyone. It's,
4: uh, but this is the thing though. If it was like one season, I think people would. But it's like four of the last five, isn't it? I think that's what it is. It just, I think it just grinds people down, doesn't it? People get fed up, and I think some patience needs to be applied at certain times. But I think other times, I think showing displeasure when it's crap is just part and parcel of football, and it's it's fine. I think you you look at some of the bigger clubs, mm. and you look at you you go to Spain, if, if you know they get the white handkerchiefs out, don't they, and all sorts, and go absolutely berserk yeah, over that, there? You get
1: right. you get, pro- the only you get thing protests that, outside just should, the ground, We don't ask for a lot. Ask for lot, but it just showed in that last half hour when, let's be honest, it would hardly and Guardiola stuff. But we just got behind. It was up and and it? Was up, wasn't wasn't it? I, think, I, think, I think that's fine. look, everybody were like, "What?" And then there I remember when we were like, we like equalizing. Someone must have got. I can't remember. what got behind but crowd like. It sounded like with twenty thousand in there. So, so it just shows we just we're not asking for a lot. It's almost like. Give us a bit of excitement, just a bit of go forward kind of football. It's almost like I'm to myself, kind of argument. But it's just on the other side of it. That's we're not asking for like fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty percent possession. We're just asking for like someone to get us off our seats because that's we- what
2: Warnock had. Cause eh, Warnock, yeah. when we attacked under Neil Warnock, had specific plays, and you could you could see it. You could see there were players running to the back post, front post, and a and a, and a late run into the, to the penalty spot. There, there was. Plays, I think you could see, and that's what fans were excited about. Like Matt said, we turned the field round, we moved it up. So it isn't just dominating possession, it was just that when we got the ball, the it the looked box. like we knew what we were doing. And I, I, I'll be honest, I, when, I, when I see us get the ball now, it looks like fathering Fotheringham football. It yeah. looks like we don't have much of an idea to, to, to break forward. And now that's understandable, considering Mo's only been here a few weeks and we were shipping goals for fun. I understand defence first football. After Leeds, we were all there. It was horrific. I get it. But I think fans just want it now to to flip pretty quickly, so that at least when we do attack, we know what we're doing. And it because it just it just I just don't see it yet. Even yesterday in the second half, which we'll get onto again in a bit, it, it's not specific players getting in, getting us anywhere other than whipping the balls in as quick as we can from Sauber Thomas. Yeah. There's still not much patterns to play yet, and I expect us to work on that over international break. But yesterday might not be the game to see it. Maybe Sunderland is or or the weekend coming up, I, I don't know. But I think that's that's the difference, isn't it? It's just that when we do attack, it doesn't look like we have much of a plan yet. And maybe in time we will do.
4: I think one thing that sums it up, Killer, is you know, under Neil Wannett, we got men in the box, didn't we? We had Matty Pearson popping up in the box with goals. We had Radoni in the box with goals. We don't have Redoni at the minute, which is a big loss. But you, 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 we, we got people in the box. And yesterday, there was a moment in the first half where Nakiyama had, I think we broke away down the left and Nakiyama looked up to cross the ball into the box. And there were about seven Southampton players to one of ours. So he turned around and knocked it backwards and the crowd went ballistic. But it was the right thing to do because it's one versus seven. You know what I mean? What What is he going to do? But the crowd are going mental. But I don't really think they're just going mental at Nakiyama. They're going mental at the situation there. Why are they not men in the box? Why is he not crossing it to three, four, you know, on, on rushing players? And it's that which kind of kills. That. That's the difference between what we had under, you know, the 20% possession football under Neil Warnock and the 20% under Darren Moore so far is that a Neil Warnock side would have had three, four players, you know, rushing into the box. Uh, We probably wouldn't have scored because we we didn't score a lot of goals, but you know, the ball doesn't go backwards. And I think eventually the players got really jittery with the crowd reaction and ended up passing it back to Chris Maxwell. And and then they went mental again. And again, you you kind of understand it, but again, I find it hard to I, I'm not a Darren Moore fan, never have been. I always think he, you know, I've said it, I say it every week, I have always feel like he, he he underachieves to, slightly underachieves what he perhaps should have done so far. So, But I find it hard to really go in on him because of the situation that we're in. If we had a full strength team, we had Danny Ward fit and he's gone with a 3-4-3 or something and, and a genuine 3-4-3 and, and, we, and we get battered or, or we look tactically ridiculous, then... Then yeah, you know I'll, I'll have a go, but I, I just find it difficult with half a squad out injured, and it's a tiny squad at that to sort of really pull him to bits on it. And I, I, I kind of feel a bit yeah. sorry for him in some ways because it just—I just feel the hand he's got at the minute is. Well, yeah. Not a lineup
1: because I think even if, I get, mean, it doesn't, it if does, he doesn't, he hasn't made it
4: easier got. for himself. He hasn't, he hasn't endeared himself in a lot of ways, has he? Which you know that I think town fans are like, Cosi says the big on the media out there and characters, and he's very evasive and mm. dull. Um, so that, that side of things hasn't come across well and then his football kind of mirrors it again so it's it's hard to warm to what's going on and I get it uh, but I just until he's got a full strength squad to pick from I'm I'm going to just sort of sit back on it and try and assess from where we are rather than where we should be if you know what I mean go on Cosy.
1: yeah it's just it's starting to wear me down a little bit now just like because I feel like I'm sometimes like Having to go at Warnock too, but all, all, all the time. But it's just like the people who just won't have more. Will always just bring Warnock into every argument. And it's, it's making me sad because it's almost like I'm trying to point out when he was a bit shit under Warnock. It's almost like I'm trying to knock what he did. And I, but yeah, I loved it as much as anyone yeah. as well. But they just won't give him anything, though, Matt. It's just they won't give him any chance whatsoever. And it's it's really sad. I mean, I noticed last night, like <clears throat> the people that. Been so vocal, the re- the replying, you know, on the club shop stuff and all this lot, you know, having a go there. There were no one really, like, oh, what a great point, or, you know, come back, get in their town and stuff like that as well. It's not, and they'll just, they're getting the night, they'll just be waiting with the knives out ready for, you know, the Stadium alight Light on uh, Wednesday night and that as well. It's, I just don't, you know, you were, met, I think we we're killer, weren't it? Did we do Leeds together? I can't remember where yeah. the Leeds got together, where you said, I think he's, I don't think he'll ever get the fans back. It just, even that one, in the bad, obviously in the desperate game there, you didn't expect him on side there, but even, I know it will not a win yesterday, but I, I were hoping to see some, you know, yeah, considering who we're out and where we were losing, but, but no, no, nothing at all. And uh, you can guarantee it, it'll be I'd, back out. I did again. catch
4: some of his post-match interview when I got back in the car, cause and, and Darren mod has said he doesn't want to play like they did say. I I, would do you think I'd be playing like this if I had a full-strength squad and stuff? So, you know, that that's why I'm going to sit on it. And when he's got a full strength squad and a few players in, then we'll see how it is. But let's talk about the second half because I thought we played all right. Second half, I quite enjoyed it. I hated the first half and I hated every second of the whole City game and most of what <laughs> went before it. But actually, quite—I don't know whether it's just because that was so bad that I quite enjoyed the the Southampton game, but I, the second half, sorry, but I quite enjoyed it. You know, I I I was quite pleased with. What, I thought Sauber Thomas was was decent he's f- full of energy I thought he yeah. worked really hard I thought Jaheim Headley played well
1: he that goal, didn't he? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah he should have yeah, scored to, be, hard to hard. be
4: fair Thomas but um, but he played well I thought he played really well I thought Jaheim Headley played quite well further forward as well um, I thought <laughs> the one thing I perhaps would mention is that the fact that we the goal obviously goals change games killer like you mentioned you know that, that goal before half times allowed us to come out and be a bit more forthright if you like but do you think, as well, that on the other side of that, do you think that the way we played in the second half, okay, like, cause says it wasn't Pep Guardiola football or anything, but do you think that maybe vindicates some of the frustration of the fans as well? Because we did actually come out and get into Southampton, press them higher up, cause a lot of issues, and they were really struggling to play out properly from the back. And you, you think back to the Ipswich game as well, where they were a, a team that played out from the back, and we got high in, and you know, we pressed them quite high up the pitch, and we had a lot of joy from that. And then we did the same thing in the second half, and it and you kind of think, well, half of you thinks, okay, we've got all these injuries and we understand the situation, but with Karoma, Thomas, and Headley, you've got three people there are quite quick and good at pressing, and we got quite into them, and we had a lot of joy from that. And Kasumu and Hogg picked up quite a lot of second balls, didn't they, from them giving it away? And we'll talk about them as well, in particular towards the end. But do you think that kind of vindicates some of the 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 frustration in the first half, or? Or is it just a case of? Yeah, I
2: do. Yeah. I do. I, I, I
4: thought
2: so. I think the containment that first containment we tried to play in the first half. I just, I think we you just offered Southampton too much respect. Like we were talking before we recorded here, Southampton have conceded only two fewer goals than us this season, and we're atrocious at the back. They aren't. They aren't a team that you can't create chances against. You can, but you're not going to create a chance if you only start pressing when you're 35 yards from your own goal because yeah. that's what we did in the first half. We were so deep. I I, I honestly can't remember us being so deep from the off in a game at home before. It wasn't only that; like we had, we, we played with a back five to start off, with, didn't we? Like it was such a yeah. narrow back five.
4: I took a picture. It's, and, it's literally yeah, it's a stopped. flat five with four narrow in midfield within the well. half spaces. Yeah,
2: we're in within the half spaces. Were nine defensive foot, uh, play outfielders for us, and then a striker thirty-five yards. Well, depending if you call him a striker, Chroma thirty-five yards away from goal. That's that's as deep as we started a press. And then second half, we went to a back three because we've got nothing to lose at that point. And it is important. To, you can't... It'd be remiss of me to sit here and say, no, we were fantastic in that second half. If we did that from the off, we'd have won the game. It'd have been a totally different yeah, game because Southampton would have come at us a bit more. When you've got a team like Southampton that do concede goals pretty easily, when you are away from home and you won up and you're a possession-based team, you aren't going to press that high yourself then. You're going to sit back. You're going to try and say, right, we'll keep what we've got and hopefully, let's try and learn how to, to not concede goals against a team that's a pretty... A lesser team in this division. So you expected them to kind of do it. And we had to have a goal. We had nothing to lose at that point. And it was much better. It was much, much better. And and it's just it just showed you that if if you just have some sort of control press further upfield. And like you said, Matt, with Sauber Thomas, Healy, and Coroma. I don't actually think you need much extra press there from Kasuma and Hogg. I think those three alone, in the right way, can can do enough to create chances. And they did. Yeah. That's that's what happened. And I just wish we'd have done it earlier on in the first half, because the second half shows that up front we have a bit of something in press. We're not going to play nice football. We're not going to create amazing chances, but I think we've got enough there to be able to pressurise teams into mistakes if we have a go. And as soon as we started it yesterday, that's why we look like a totally different team for me. And it was it was an enjoyable second half to watch.
4: Yeah, I, I agree completely with that. Because um, I think... I want to talk about um, Kasumu and hopping I think the thing
1: is, though, Matt, just like following on from Killing, just, just energy, mate. I think... The place is just devoid of energy. Like Ben Jackson's a great, all right, we know, you know, defensively, he don't just play his strengths, mate. And he would really, mate, we're bombing forward. we'll, we'll talk about with his goal. Yeah. Like, yeah, just, but it's just the dynamic he'll give to the stands. And then they kind of a bit of a, and the crowd did start then to get behind, especially when we, uh, you know, equalized. but even leading up to that, there was something to cling on to. But I think it's just that, because everything is just in slow mo. And obviously, yeah, uh, it's, honestly, we're just talking about small things here. How are you know? <laughs> <We're> just like <laughs> speed and, you know, getting forward, and it's just you think when we're doing them pods under the and like when we were winning and stuff. It's just, yeah, honestly, how far we've come back, but amazing we're above that dotted line. But, but anyway, Matt, I think that on, was that,
4: well. That's one of the main things, isn't it? We 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 matched. Rotherham got a good result in their at home to Leeds, a point, and we matched it against a, a team similar. You know, Southampton would have gone third if they'd have won the game. So you know, matched it and. David Wagner's finally done us a favour, thanks, Dave. You know, by uh, you know, with Norwich beating QPR. Although, I looked at the stats at that game, and QPR looked like they should have perhaps got something out of that.
1: Yeah, Coventry and uh, you Plymouth match. I mean, do you think again it's just going to be three out of four, or is it too early to say that? It's, it's too early now. Well, Birmingham, it?
4: Birmingham have have not exactly done great under Rooney, and they when they were losing against Sheffield Wednesday, they were one place above us, and they dropped from six to one place above us. So. I think that might be one to keep an eye on, but they've got money there, so they'll probably pull away in January as well. But yeah, three, three from four. But I think if we do well in January and bring key players in, I think uh, you know, and we'd get it right. Then I think the three might be done. Just depends if anyone plays that Warnock wild card, don't they? In, in sort of January, February time, and I think QPR might do that. So. That's fun to watch. So I don't know whether it'd be a good thing for QPR to start winning some games and then drop down when it's a bit too late. I'm not sure, but um, oh, we'll see. Maybe we should. Maybe we should just win some games and then we we'll stop worrying about these things. Um, I will tell you what, we'll do now. We'll we'll roll in. Um, we I, I spoke to Alex Graham from the uh, Total Saints uh, podcast, uh, and I thought I'd get their view on on the game as well because it's always interesting to hear it from an away point of view. So I'll roll in that uh, that now.
0: A stereotypical game of two halves at Huddersfield yesterday. Uh, felt that Saints completely dominated the first half with Huddersfield sitting very, very deep and challenging us to, uh, to break you down, which we struggled to do. Um, it took 35 minutes really for us to have any sort of concerted pressure on your goal. Um, we had the shot from Stuart Armstrong that hit the post Then the shot from Smallbone from the edge of the box, which the keeper saved in somewhat erratic looking fashion. But he saved it. That's the most important thing. Um, Shooting from the edge of the box is something we need to do far more more often. Um, And then the goal came, which was a really good finish from the uh, otherwise anonymous Adam Armstrong. So 1-0 at half time and the word I keep going back to whenever I think about this game is complacency. I think uh, we thought we could just turn up in the second half and the same would happen again. It was almost like we didn't think Huddersfield were capable of sort of upping their game or doing anything different to what they did in the first half, but fair play. They uh, basically stepped 10 yards further up the pitch by the look of it. And, um, we started the second half really sloppily, with uh, giving away possession a couple of times on the halfway line, which led to a couple of corners. And I think it gave Huddersfield belief that they could get something out of the game. Um, and as the game wore on, with uh, I think we had one shot from a and you had uh, you had that free header with the guy with the hairdo, I can't remember his name, sorry, who uh, put it wide at the back post. Um, I thought we were going to hang on because I didn't think Huddersfield had that sort of moment of quality to, uh, to make any possession count. Uh, and eventually the goal when it comes, it's, it's a little bit fortunate because it's a, it's a cross. But I can't argue that Huddersfield didn't deserve um, deserve a point from the game. Uh, Saints simply didn't do enough second half to, uh, to, to warrant the three points. Um, We nearly got it. You know, we nearly got got to the end. But uh, ultimately, I think uh, a draw was was a fair result and uh, fair play to to Huddersfield for keeping going. And uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Cozzy, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app.
4: At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There we go. Uh, I think that's fair enough. Um, a fair summary. Like you say, it's game of two halves. It's
1: not like you were walking up to South I after, didn't know, did
4: I, <laughs> I didn't know if he was out for a run or... <laughs> Or, uh, or whether he's yeah. walking the dog or, or whatnot, but uh, you know it's always nice to hear the other side, isn't it? And I think, I think so yeah. far this season, I think pretty much everybody has, has nailed it. From from who we've spoken to, it, you know, uh, he's probably said in, in like I always say this every week, it's probably called it in two minutes there than what we we've, we've done in thirty odd so far. So yeah. uh, fair enough. But let's just talk about individuals now because I want to talk about Ben Jackson because this has been. A really good rise for Ben Jackson. We, we look back to last season and I remember Neil Warnock saying he thought Ben Jackson would be one of the ones who'd be being sold. Uh, but he, he kind of proved himself didn't he, in the Cornwall trip and then kind of clung on. And he's kind of been clinging on for a couple of years now without really breaking through. And he's found himself in a really unusual position of right back. And sometimes this is what happens, doesn't it? A young player ends up playing in a, an unfamiliar-ish position. Uh, although... Right back, left back, potato, potato. He can use both feet, but he's, he's found it. You know, the young player will find themselves in an unusual position, and they'll just they'll just run with it. And that's what he's done so far. He's been really good since. I'd probably say the Watford game since he's come in, and and Ben Jackson's had a really good, a, a decent month. And you know, when the Blue and White Foundation uh, Player of the Month comes up, I imagine he'll get quite a lot of votes. And and it's good to see uh, a mate of mine brought Ben Jackson to Huddersfield at the age of fourteen. Uh, from the from the Stockport boys, and it's just really good to see him take the opportunity now and and push on. he did a lot of things which I really liked. I think my criticism of some of the young players not not so much criticism, but more of an observation is that I think sometimes they just need to take a, the bull by the horns a little bit more and, and force them force their way in. And I, I feel like he's done that recently. Hit a lot of cross. I think playing right back kind of suits him in a lot of ways because he can use he's, he's ambidextrous if, if that's the right term but he also is able to cut in and then hit crossfield he switched play really well on, on several occasions with some really good crossfield balls he can get forward I was slightly worried that when you play a back five he'd be just playing right back but he's he's bombing forward as well there are a couple of nice combinations with Sober and then Jaheem Headley. I think it's uh, going really well killer
2: I like him I think he's I think he's really really good um, I think he's really benefited from us having a small squad really and being given the opportunity to know that there's no one else that can really play. After Tom Edwards' performance at Leeds, it's going to be Ben Jackson at right back every, every time, in it, for, for the foreseeable future, because there's no one else really available. Um, you can see him learning on the job. He's, he's much better in attack. I still think in defence yesterday, going quickly back to the game, I think he was at, at fault for the goal. Um, there was a dummy run and he, and he follows a striker back into midfield. And when you play the way we do, you have to be perfect for 90 minutes to not concede. Um, and with him following the dummy run the space behind him and, and Southampton took advantage of that but that's what you have to play at this level to learn and, and he, he definitely is a kind of guy that you never see make the same mistake twice and the more he plays the more confidence I have in him to be a first team player for us and it, it's just nice I know, I know you say came from Stockport under 14s but you're still considering him one of our own don't you and that's another thing town fans like when when, when he's like that and he's, he's given it his all we all get behind it um, it's just nice to see him to see him get to, to get the equalizer yesterday. It um, wasn't the most amazing of finishes. So I can't really call it a finish. So I'm going to go down that. It's an obvious cross, yeah. but it, it's nice. It's nice to see him doing well, because I think he was a bit of a victim of his own versatility for a while with us, wasn't he? He was playing yeah. here, there and everywhere. And as you're trying to learn your trade in, in professional football, that's the last thing you want. You can't say no to it. Of course you, you're a team player, but then you are the first one to be left out when, when the person who you're replacing comes back in. And, and now I think it's just nice for him to to really put a stamp on that right-back right, right back or right-wing-back position because there's not really anyone else available who can do it. So he's really um, taken that opportunity yesterday, I think, and he's not the first name on the sheet, but he's he's pretty quick on there on, on there for Wednesday for me anyway.
1: Yeah, beautiful. I remember I go to beating him a couple of uh, years ago and then my friend, uh, I called you to come and speak to Ben Jackson's mum and blah, blah, and I got chatting. I think he listened to the pod or something. I can't remember what it was, well, but yeah, fantastic. And... Uh, Obviously, when you consider it old, none of the wing-backs got forward. It was just nice and refreshing yesterday to see him, uh, obviously, like you said, killer maybe nothing to lose because we were one down as well. And a beautiful moment. I know across from the shop, it was just as soon as hit it and you could see it bounce. I thought, it's going in, isn't it? You know, like that beautiful moment where it's agony if it's against you, but brilliant for it. I thought, the keeper's not getting there. It. It's going in, it's going in. And, yeah, brilliant. And uh, look what it meant to him. Uh, he is, he's an asset, mate. He's I am mean, not saying you're worried about him if you're Tony Mowbray on Wednesday or, you know, next week uh, at Swansea, but it's like, his energy, his pace, is crossing and crossfield balls and stuff, there's, you know, he's getting into areas now and, uh, you know, the crossing's quite good, so there's definitely stuff to build. And I think if you're like, are you a coach at Uddersfield, like, you know, working with him now, I think you've got to be energised and he's got to have played his way into Darren Moore's plans as well, obviously, yeah, you know, Turt Cat, hopefully not too far away, but... All of a sudden, this kind of challenges, uh you know, coming in for, you know, for that position. And yeah, you're sure that Tom Edwards has probably seen his last game for Ruddersfield after Leeds. But yeah, lovely moment, mate. And uh yeah, nice to see him uh, on the score sheet and yeah, expecting to be on the uh, team sheet on uh, Wednesday, unless he's not one of those that's injured.
4: No, keep it up, Ben Jackson. I was trying to pull out some meaningful stats on, on his performance, but I think with the with having 19% possession, it's probably difficult to do so. <laughs>
1: yeah. But, um, yeah. Let's get into Thomas, Matt, because I, you know, I'm, I was saying, I'm not seeing people budging on Daram the stance with Darren Moore. I am seeing some of my fiercest critics, friends budging on Saba Thomas, which is making me really happy, mate. It's brilliant. Yeah, I was, I
4: was going to say Ben Jackson made the most tackles out of every town player yesterday. That was, that was one thing. So keep it up, Ben. But Sober,
1: yeah. Um, I thought him and Headley played he quite finished, well. finished, mate. I thought he were done. I thought he were finished, mate.
4: Yeah, and just as he'd started to turn the corner, he, he had that interview, didn't he, where he pretty much described town fans as background noise that he didn't listen to, and it was... I mean, he's right <laughs> in one way, but it's like you say it a little bit... You see it a little bit... You see it a little bit, right, a little bit nicer. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he... Um, yeah, I've always been a, an advocate of sober and we were saying a couple of weeks ago that he's, he's gone from just being a set-piece to, it's like hockey, isn't it, where you roll on a set-piece player and then roll them back on uh, if you've ever,
1: if you've ever played hockey. His fitness is outstanding, man. Yeah. He must be one of, he must be the fittest man in Huddersfield Town. He's, there's charging runs, it never stops, he's, he's relentless, man.
4: Yeah, he's been great. I think he's been great. Um, he's improving, which is which is where I was going with that. Um, I had a coughing fit two minutes ago, and I'm still not quite over it. My voice is a little bit ropey I thought
1: you said have a coffee with him. <laughs> I'd cool have a like. coffee with him if he wants.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'd love a chat with with Thomas. We'd have a, I'm sure we'd have a great time. But um, yeah, I've always been an advocate of his, and I'm pleased that he's he's, t- he's turning a few a uh, few minds around. But um, I've still I still have seen when we've said he's playing well, and people have gone, oh yeah, he's only doing it because he's playing for a move in January. It's just like oh, come on, just give him give him a give oh, him a moment. Come we. on. But, you know, he's, he's been great. I thought Headley was good as well. I, I like Jaheim Headley. I think there's a lot there to like about him. I mean, the booking was silly. I, I couldn't believe the referee booked Kasum. I thought that was one of those most stupid, ridiculous bookings. He, he blew the whistle and Kasum was pretty much halfway through a pass and he just knocked it and he booked him for kicking the ball away. And I just thought it was... I thought the ref was crap, to be honest. But the one... I, I don't think Jaheim Headley could complain too much because he... Cause he oh,
1: you know the only thing with that editing, Matt? He, he went down and I'm thinking straight away the grabbing all of his leg it's like cramp's and he obviously what he's like fucking hell guys it's yeah. like you could have fucked him up there so, god sorry for my language but it's like but what are we doing because I thought it's cramp. He gets up but then he don't, and then it's like then it's pulled holding the back of his leg I am just thinking Wow just someone's it's just scary mate it's amateur medics there just leave it to the pros. You know as soon as you know the weird now because everyone's mic's up and then as soon as that guy were like down there like and he were down for a bit and talking I thought he's done and do you know, yeah.
4: Do you know what was really weird in that. I, and I found it Southampton were quite happy to put the ball out of play for us as well. And we had, they did it for Key and Harrett and they did it for Headley as well. And they were in good positions when they did it. If that was town and the other way, you'd be going mad, wouldn't you? You'd go, what? Bloody leave him down. <laughs> but I, I thought that was, but you know, maybe that's just us, you know. Been been knobheads, you know, but but I thought uh, I was quite surprised Southampton did that, but yeah, great performances. Nakiama, I thought played
1: quite well as well when he came on. Um, I've been oh, sorry, Matt, but just to come back to that guy we were talking, the anonymous sound shop, he worked his ass off that guy, mate. I get he didn't like have many chances, but great goal, but he would track him back, mate. Whereas he was like another defender for them, he, he would proper work his bollocks off. I think he must I'm be sorry. hard to please that if it, he must be judging him on goals, but. I can't believe it when everybody like a rash over our players, mate. Armstrong. He's a good yeah. player. I like I, him, I mate. Took him in head. Yeah, I've, I've good always good. liked him.
4: I don't him. Good player. Good player. But um, yeah, Naki I'm a decent as well. I, I think the main criticisms of him from me have always been like physicality, Do you know, when he gets a, a nudge or a push, but he, he dealt with that really well yesterday. I know Saints aren't the most uh, aggressive team, but I thought he played really well and when he gets on the ball he's passing he's probably the best passer of a football at huddersfield town well, i don't say probably he is the best passer of a football at the minute isn't he and i thought he did he did a lot of good things again at uh, left wing back um chris maxwell as well i'm still a bit annoyed at the whole bilokopic pitch situation because i thought bilokopic pitch could have gone on to be a you know a decent asset for us a valuable asset um but nothing against chris maxwell who i think's as good as it gets really as a number 2 uh, in this, you know, that we could get in this league, I he th- I came in and he he did well, didn't he? He made one or two decent saves. One was a like he mentioned on the uh, the, the Southampton fan mentioned was maybe a little bit eccentric, wasn't it? With was straight down his yeah. throat, <laughs> but he he did well. And Chris <laughs> yeah. Maxwell's a keeper that I've always thought was decent. I remember him at Preston, and I thought it was he was decent at Preston. Um, so he came in, did did jo- did his job, and that's what you want from a number two, just to come in.
1: What were his feet, Matt? And no.
4: Yeah, I saw a lot of people saying his distribution was really good, but I I didn't notice it to be honest at the time, and I've looked at the stats and he's got a forty percent accuracy, so I'm not overly sure if the distribution was good or whether or whether, it's, long just, long or long or whether it's just or whether it's just because he went long <laughs> quite a lot and. You know, the, the strikers weren't going to win it. But, you know...
1: they said that nickels ill, but it, now I've read he in Ill, he's, he's got it's an neck,
4: injury. I mean. neck injury, yeah. He's pulled a muscle in his neck or something, I think, was the It was Danny Ward oh, was it. ill and Nichols did his it's neck. Right? And Ben Wiles is a hamstring issue, I think. Well,
1: there's a shock, mate. He's not been fit for the whole season, really. No,
4: he's had, he had that bad injury at Rotherham 12 months ago, and I think he's had a lot of niggles. I think that's what happens, isn't it, when, when you get a serious injury... You, the, muscle, the the muscles don't work quite correctly around the injury, so you get a lot of referred pain and hamstring issues and niggles and thighs and all sorts. I, I speak from me and Killer speak from experience, don't we, on the injuries as, as footballers? I knackered my ankle. I think Killer, you've done all sorts, haven't you, in the past?
2: Oh, I've, I've done everything, but it's it's that you you change your walk as well yeah. while you're injured. The longer you're out for, you just you you change everything, and then when you get back playing, <laughs> it does take a year or two to to come good off for me never never returned but I'm not sure I ever had it in the first place but it's just it, it, you're going to get this in that that's why it's always such a danger signing a player after a major injury yeah. I don't think town have ever had a good record since uh, Robbie Williams came in in that lovely trade deal a few a fair few years ago we'll <laughs> sell you Gary Taylor that, that, Fletcher that, if it, you just... don't
4: sign Robbie Williams but we'll sign him with a broken leg that was classic town wasn't it from back in the day signing a player with a broken leg amazing it's not, this season's bad enough as it is, Matt. We don't need to go back there, do we? <laughs> it was just, <it's> just, brilliant. <laughs> it? But What, what times! I, I suppose when you think we've we've moved forward, at least we at least we don't sign players with broken legs anymore. Yet we'll see what January brings. But I'm sure I'm sure we've moved on from that. But Rob Williams was, I was going to say Rob Williams was all right, but he was kind of all, he was good at free kicks and so so at times, but a little bit. We'll move on, but um. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was David Kasumu and Hogg. Uh, do you think that pivot, the way we're playing at the minute, do you think that is a better pivot in midfield than one that involves Rodoni or Ben Wiles? There's, I think it maybe enables Rodoni or Wiles to be more, more forward thinking when they come back into the team. Uh, and I mean, Kasumu and Hogg, uh, I, I, I think Kasumu's got the ability to be Hogg 2.0 if he learns learns a bit more. He needs, he needs to play a lot more and stay injury-free. That's the thing with him. But he's got, he's just got the pace that Hogg doesn't have. You know, Hogg gets kind of, not not being critical of Hogg, but at his age now, people kind of ghost past him a little bit. Um, but he's, he's there. He's, his organisation is always, and positioning is, is always, you know, exemplary is, you know, when you watch him. But do you think that's a better pivot when, when we're defensive and we've got 20% possession? Would you say that that is a better central midfield than one that Oh, that has Rudonio Wiles in it, for example. Killer.
2: I think Kasuma's class. I think Kasuma's class. I think he's. I think the way he can drive the ball out of that, of like through the third. <laughs> now, uh, Wagner used to talk about hot about um, Moy being able to speed the game up and slow it down a little bit. He used to control how how Town played. And while Kasuma was nowhere near that level, I feel like he's the only guy we have that can transition. While we have the ball through the midfield, Diara likes to get it and run with it, but then never kind of gets that final ball away. But Kasumo just—he's got a nice bit of pace and direction. Like if he gets it and turns it and moves forward, it really helps us. And I don't think we have anybody else like that O'Brien can
4: do it. used to do. Not, O'Brien used to do similar, didn't he?
2: Yeah, that's that's probably a much better a better comparison than, than a a. I've never anyone win as many
1: fouls because, like, say, he just drives the ball out. He gets get fouled all the time by doing that. He'll always get you up the pitch and, and a breather as well. And it's because. Uh, it,
2: because, because he controls his pace when he dribbles it. So he's got a quite a fast dribble, but then he can slow it down. And then as soon as the tackle's coming in, he speeds it back up. Now, Sorba Thomas does it as well. But for a centre midfielder to do it as well as David Kasum, who's pretty rare for mm. me, the talent is there with him. He's such a good player, but as we know, it's just his injury record. But then again, if he didn't have this kind of injury record, would he be with us now anyway? That's really? kind of one of the questions you have to throw at it. But I think, t- to me, our strongest centre midfield involves David Kasuma in it? Mm.
4: I think so. I think i think Hogg and Kasuba, and I'd have excuse me, Redoni maybe just above, you know, in front of them in a three. I think that would be I think that's quite a decent midfield to be fair. Um, I mean, Hogg Hogg bless him. We we probably should have brought in a, a replacement for him a couple of years ago or started to work towards a replacement for him, if you like. Um Kasumu could potentially be it, but I think playing them together, I think Kasumu will learn a lot from Jonathan Hogg. Um so I think
2: well, the question is, Matt, if you're playing if you're playing with a back five like we did in the first half yesterday, do you need a Johnny Hogg in there as well? If you're going so flat with your defensive yeah. five, you don't also need that defensive midfielder. I'd have Kasumu in instead of Hogg if that's kind of the way Daramor Sees is playing going forward because it just helps us break forward much quicker than than anything Jonathan Hogg can do
4: you do but defensively you need that on-field organiser as well and I don't think we've got that either because Kasumu's not got that in his in his makeup that that we can visibly see he might be a decent talker Mm. on the field that we just can't hear but for me Hogg makes not so much of a difference on the ball or or chasing people it's his organisation and how he gets people you know how he gets people where to stand and organises that he he moves that team around really well and that's Probably not always evident and you know, when he's when he's on the ball and you see him maybe shank a pass and he kinda of sigh a little bit, but you know, he's he gets everyone back into position immediately. And we are such a, a tougher team to break down when Hogg's in the midfield, whether he's doing the breaking down or not. It's uh, I think that's got a sort of testament to him, you know, in that he still has that effect and he brings he brings the, a better performance out of others around him, I think that's Hog whether he's bollocking them or encouraging them either way, he's uh, he's doing that. But um, Let's let's move on. So we, we had we moved on to uh, do a spaces show this week. So with what we thought we'd do is we'd get Tom and Jerry or people who watch remotely to maybe host a a phone in style show. And I thought what we could do is maybe have a caller of the week. And I, I don't think you two have listened or had a chance to listen to it yet. But I was I was doing it. So I'm I'm going to give the spaces caller of the week to Chris Green because. We had um, <clears throat> Tom and Jerry were, um, I love saying Tom and Jerry, they 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 hosted the show and we had nobody who was willing to sort of stick their the hand up and come on initially. And, you know, good old Chris was first up. And and what I liked about Chris was, not that he calls Darren Moore, Darren Moore. I love that. And um, he um, what was good about the call was that he was quite happy to say, I thought we'd get thrashed. Um first half was rubbish but I'm really pleased for second half and he, and he was able to give credit to Darren Moore for that second half performance despite being a critic and I thought that was really good you know that there's not a lot of people that cause says there's not always people willing to sort of relent or bend on that and, and Chris did and so I thought it was a decent call so well done Chris Uh Caller of the Week our Spaces whether we'll do it again just depends on whether more than 16 people turn up next time so let us know if the timings don't work particularly well or whether there's a better time we can do that. Matt, what did
1: you, random, Matt, what did you think of the Mafia of season card prices? There was a lot of outrage about it. But again, I just don't know if it's purely because, you know, anything or still so time to do at the moment is just...
4: Who, who buys apart from apart <laughs> from, apart from apart from killer? Who buys a half season ticket these days? There can't be. A- yeah, cheers, <laughs> cheers, for that. Like, yeah, like I said, halfway
2: through last season, I thought, what better way to <laughs> waste my next six months by watching that? But then Warner came in, was not too bad. But yeah. I'm pretty sure last year were more expensive. Yeah. I think it. I think it more expensive than than the half uh, the half season ticket prices this Good year. So boy, that man. is at least something. I, I was because it were only two. Yeah, that's a good point. It's
4: 180, it's 180 quid, the season card. Yeah. I, I just wonder whether it was a, maybe a precursor to prices going up in the summer. Because I think Nagels and Edwards have dropped a few hints, haven't they, in um, meetings that the prices may need to go up because town's commercial revenue needs to go up. And I don't know. They've got to be careful, haven't they, with, with how it's done? Because if they the bang that up a couple of hundred quid on the back of what we're seeing now, people are just going, nah, not, not going, not happening, not buying it. I'll just pick and choose. And it, then it's hard to get them back, isn't it? it? Unless you're doing really well. So I think they've got to be careful and mindful of that. But on the other hand, to be fair, if, if, they, if they have a go in January and, and they bring some decent players in and say, look, we'll do the same again in the summer, but you've got to put your hand in your pocket as well, then I, I'd be happy to do that. It's just... If they bring in more Florian Cambaries in January and then say, "Right, the season ticket's going up to pay for it," I think a lot of people will be like, "Well, you can jump." But so, but you know, if if the ambition matches, you know, the price, then yeah, okay, I, I'll do it. I know a lot of people won't be able to afford it, and and that's a different issue. Well, it's a great well, point though,
1: because I'm just trying to like process it. up. you heard Florian and really you
4: can't think of anything else now, can you?
1: <laughs> the season cards were really cheap at the start. With a new owner, so if you'd have got one there, you'd have got one there. The football's been absolutely dire, and the results are being dire. So why would you? So you'd be like, oh yeah, now I'll get one yeah, what a Christmas present, Yes. Yeah. what a Christmas present. It's a good point. I wonder how many they'd sell. Hundred? Oh, I don't think
4: there'd be it's many. I don't think there'd be many, would there? No, no, I don't, I don't. I think if you're going to get a season card, you get one at the start of the season, unless unless like like killer, there's people move back into the area or students or something. Um, well, they've not really made a big song and dance about it either, have they? They kind of quietly slipped it in, didn't they? So I, am, I imagine that there's probably not expected a, a big uh, big turn. I'll
1: tell you what made me sad now, Matt. I don't know if it was a... Yeah, it has been, been a positive pod, to be fair, but a bit of my heart was sunk when I read that. I mean, we knew it was happening, but the swimming pool just shut in and the gym at, at the stadium, it's almost like, again, it's... it's. I don't I do know, what's that? What are they called? Empress New Club? I can't remember what it was. Empress like, New Club? It must something wrong. Like no, you're about that like, llama with on weird. Disney.
4: Is that what you're on it's about? A
1: statue, basically, and these crows used to come and peck away the diamonds out of this kind of statue, and then basically just fell down because he was so sad. And that as well, I forgot. Someone will know. Absolutely what it is. no I'm idea
4: what that is. Fine. Are you thinking a jungle book?
1: Of no, it, it just reminds me of the stadium, mate. Right. We had two bars. We had the swim. You know, when it, I know it was thirty years ago, but it just it just makes me so sad. And obviously, we talked about the Stephen Chicken thing before we're losing a. I'm not going to have a listen-time report. I just, just makes me sad. All this stuff, though, as well, mate. But it's, it's just like, bit by bit, that like, it's just looking shit around there. We've got,
2: it's that. I think that's what I mean. It's just like, it's just the report oh, park as more so- There's There's repercussions, or there's repercussions to the footballing side of this, right? Because surely the cat. I'm not entirely sure, but you'd, you'd expect there'd be some sort of rental agreement for the for the pool, right? That goes towards KSdl K, or whatever it is KDSL. That own the stadium that town are forty percent owners of. Right? David Stadium. Limit. So if now, that's it, if if the stadium isn't benefiting from the pool being rented out, that cost will have to be covered by the the stadium company which we own. So surely, if there's a, a bigger loss now based upon that, that will affect Odsfield Town Football Club. Or is that just me adding up? incorrect thing. No, the lost and
4: half a point it together. But KSDL uh it was Kirkley's active leisure wasn't it Cal They yeah. they ran it and they were happy to I think the council were happy for the gyms to lose money if they because they had a, a budget didn't they that that would cover it. Um and unfortunately that budget's now shrunk. Um whether that changes is going forward with a different government I don't know. But I think they they've now sort of said what well, we can't afford this surplus anymore. So therefore these are going to close because they run at a loss and I think anybody who's a private investor will look at that and go, well, this loses £500,000 a year. I'm not putting money. It'd be suicide, wasn't it, from a business point of view to to go in there and think, oh, okay, we'll just put a couple of prices up here and there because people won't come then because they'll just go up to the, the Huddersfield Leisure Centre in, in the town centre that they can go to for cheaper. So I don't, I don't think there's a future for that pool, to be honest. Um, I, I find it difficult at that level of loss. I find it difficult to understand why... Kevin Nagel or anybody who's a private investor would want to come in and save it because for half a million pound a year for for what? And like I say, if you put the prices up, are people going to stay? I don't know. But I think the sad thing about it is kids and schools use that pool and, and things like that. and There's a knock-on, isn't there? Because the, I think the pool had all sorts of... Um, like social events and things, didn't they, for seniors and stuff. And then they all use the cafe afterwards, don't they? So the cafe is going to, you know, the Legends Bar, that's all, like Cosy says, that's going to struggle now as well. And and there's a new cinema opening in the town centre. Is that going to then affect what's down at the stadium? Because could it support too? And then w- without being inc- incredibly negative, that there could be nothing down there by the next sort of five years if if that all happens and you know Costa would move the cinema would go rope walks shut it's um, I mean there's there's, there's a decent space there for somebody who wants to do something but it's uh, it's tough isn't it times tough so if there's no money to do it there's no money and I personally I'm not a massive investor of anything but I wouldn't be buying a, a business that loses half a million a year unless it's a football club and you're willing to bridge that as a hobby but no one's gonna, no one's gonna plug that, really, are they? No, nah. there we go. Can't end on that miserable note, can we? <laughs> so, um, I've got nothing else to talk about I'm, I'm, apart from be to be
1: quite relatively happy with that point, Cosy. No, it's. I remember. I just remember these three games coming up. Obviously, it looked f- all but so near for the point. We, I just thought we needed some over the next three and we've got a point, damage is not being done really because like I said, Rotherham only got a point and the others, so we got Sunderland uh, who was probably smiting off the back of a, a defeat yesterday, so I, I really could not it. what kind of thing how it's going to go. I think a lot's going to depend on who we have fit and I think more won't be drawn, would he, on a few uh, kind of injuries we might have, this and that and the other, so it's, Again, it's honestly it's bad when you're thinking this, but because the end the game's to win in it. But yeah, it I mean, took a point there. The next you? four
4: games, we have got Sunderland and Swansea away, uh, both away, and you look at that and you think, oh Christ, that's that's quite difficult, isn't it? This week coming up, Swansea's a place where I know we've had a few wins before, but I feel like it's it's a place where. We struggle. I don't know whether I've got PTSD from Andy Robinson and Lee Trundle absolutely running rings around us, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I just think ago.
1: that's a good game for us. They can't get going this season. Swansea Just when you, they had a bad start, they won them three in a row, and then join yesterday. I just they, inconsistent. I think that's ready for us. Well, we've also
4: got Preston, yeah. Preston on the horizon as well, and they're inconsistent. Um, they've dropped, they were good. They were in the top six, and they've started to fall away a little bit. And I've seen Preston fans yeah. starting to question the manager and stuff. So, you know, I think... Town have played a lot of teams at the wrong time this year. They seem to seem to be really unlucky with the timings of playing. You know, you look at Norwich. Norwich were top of the league and flying when the beat us 4-0. Playing Leeds at that time wasn't great. And Birmingham, just before they got rid of Eustace for Rooney and stuff, we've not, I don't think they've fallen particularly well. And I'm looking at that Preston game going, I wonder if finally there's a game going to fall for us. And they'll probably pick up again. and Haster's now I've said that. But, you know, we've got mm. Bristol City as well. And you look at those four games and we need to get, realistically we need to get five or six points in there don't we to sort of keep keep this up it's a big ask but it's it's a tough ask maybe four points four or five points I think
2: we just have to do better we just have to do better than teams below us already yeah. and, and that, that's the reality of it isn't it we're already we can accept this kind of football if we're getting a point and uh, yeah Rotherham have only picked up a point nice one and it's sad to be like this before Christmas but that's that's what we're <laughs> at we know exactly we know exactly what kind of football we're getting on Wednesday night and I'm stupid enough to go so I'll be there getting miserable about it and then you know exactly what we're going to get Saturday as well. We're getting the same kind of game we had, the, the, the same kind of game I think we had the first half this weekend. But as long as the teams below us don't get what we get, I think I think we'll be happy enough, won't we? And it's just going to be like that until January comes.
4: There's a lot going on January, isn't there? So um, it was Black Friday the other day, but I think it's going to be Black January, isn't it, if uh, we're town in the transfer oh. market. So... Um, I think that's it for this week, guys. Unless there's any other business, I think we can do one, can't we? But, you know, decent point for town this week and hopefully more to come. So um, let's uh, cheer the lads on at Sunderland.
3: There's a team that is dear to its followers Colours are bright blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all the while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can be the town today And then the bells will ring summarily so And every go shall be a memory So town, play up and bring that car back to Huddersfield. So town, play up and bring the car back to Huddersfield.